Hey guys, welcome back. We've got another episode and I'm excited to have this uh, guest with us, River Skinner. Stoked and this is the first time here. we met in person. It actually is, yep. I think we're in real estate investing school together and we maybe had one call. Yep. And then follow each other on social media. And then it's like, you're cold plunging, I'm cold plunging, you have a sauna, I have a sauna. Yeah. You're running way more miles than me. <laughs> um, but I just vibe with a lot of stuff that you're putting out there. And, uh, so I think that's maybe why we we've connected. Yeah. And I, I've, I've admired you from afar. You know, we did that call watching you launch your storage units and you out hustling and, you know, just seeing you doing the things of like being successful. It's always been like, I, I, I want to be around people that are fired up that are yeah. you know, doing something with their lives. And so yeah, turned on. Yeah. And that's, that's how I feel about you for sure. I mean, door to door is in my opinion, the hardest thing that you can do in sales. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to do phone calls, but still harder is door to door. Yeah. It's physical. Definitely. There's that element to it. And there's the fear of like you're in person. So, yeah. yeah. And you've been doing it technically, if we count an LDS mission, 10 years, you said. Yeah. A decade is my 10th year doing it. Which is thousands upon thousands of doors that you've knocked. So this is yeah. a guy that's got a lot of education in the door to door space, sales space, yep. self-development space. Yeah. Uh, biohacking space with your cold plunge sauna. I mean, I yeah. think today is going to be awesome. And you're, and you're how old? I'm 28. You're only 28. Yep. And you you have a wife and a kid. Yeah, one son. And just crushing it, just with hustle and hard work, drive goals. So, anyway, this this one's going to be one you want to stick around for for sure. Um, I'm, I'm going to learn a lot today, I think from river. And yeah. so I appreciate you being here, dude. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here and excited to meet you, you know, more yeah. than anything, just excited to yeah, yeah. meet somebody down here in St. George. Now, we're going to have some workouts together for sure. And I mean that actually, it's not just like BSing on a podcast. Like we're going to definitely get some workouts in cold plunges and saunas and whatever, but Let's do it. we've been meaning to, but we've been busy and I just had my fourth. So I feel, I feel like maybe I'm out a couple of weeks, but. That's I'll why get you need there. to do extra cold plunges to wake you I up. Know, I know, I <laughs> you know. Like, Two it is. Yes, yes, exactly. My wife told me this morning, you need to hop in the cold plunge because you look tired. So yeah. it, I'm with you. Hey, let's jump right in. So um, let's kind of start off with like how you grew up. I usually like to start there. Uh, knocking doors for 10 years. Mm-hmm. When you were a kid, you probably never saw that coming. No. You weren't like, hey, I aspired to like knock doors and build a sales team of over a hundred reps. Yeah. And and get into that space. What what got you into that space, man? So I, I grew up my dad runs produce stands on the side of the road selling watermelon and corn and whatever. And um I would go there every summer I'd work there every day, all day long. Um and one of his employees was named Aaron Howard. And he was doing door to door sales. And then after door to door door to door sales, he'd come and work at the produce stand. And so he pulled up after a summer and he had a you know nice BMW and I was a uh, senior in high school and he just told me about the opportunity, took me to a jazz game. And I just, I was like, I'm in. I was the easiest recruit I feel like in the world. I was like, let's do it. This yeah. is everything I'm about. Yeah. <laughs> so I was super pumped about it. So I just kind of fell into it by huh. uh, happenstance. That's like saying I love wrestling. Like <laughs> I feel like wrestling if you win is fun but like nobody likes practice nobody likes actually like doing yeah. it you know like the, the the grind of it so yeah the fact that you fell in love and and i guess i didn't fall in love with it like i i when i was, what i meant to say was, was when i was getting recruited it felt like like 
growing up, if somebody were to ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I'm like, I just yeah. want to be rich. <laughs> I just, I, just, I don't care what I do. Yeah. I just want to be able to make money, be successful. And so I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew for sure I didn't want to go to college. And so I go do, you know, get this opportunity where it's these guys that in my mind were doing really, really well. And, um, I'll, and I had done sales practically my whole life. Um, and so it just kind of aligned that way. And then, you know, I have this great plan to make all this money. And then I go out on the doors and I actually hate it. I hate knocking doors. I still hate, hate sure. it to this day. Yep. Like yep. I hate, I'm that going to knock sense. next week. And I That's like, more hate real. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I meant was, is like, I fell in love with the opportunity and kind of the mindset around it. Um, but I mean, the first summer, it was just terrible. I mean, crying on the, crying on the curb, just being like, what, am, what the heck am I doing with my life? This is terrible. Didn't make a ton of money. Um, really got kicked in the face. Um, and so, no, it wasn't like I fell in love with, like, I just love knocking doors, but I mm. kind of fell in love with the, uh, the philosophy that you, you know, eat what you kill sort of thing. Yeah. And I was like, I, you know, no, at no point in my mind was I ever like, I'm not going to do this. It was always yeah. like, what else am I going to do? So I kind of fell in love with, with knowing that this was the place I was supposed to be. And I just needed to learn how to get better at it. Yeah. If that makes sense. When did you start getting into, and, and, and so you say your first year, mm-hmm. you got your teeth kicked in mm-hmm. and you got kicked in the face. Yeah. Um, when did you feel like you hit your stride? It took me a long time. I mean, truth be told, I've always been fairly good at sales. Like first day selling dish, I sold a few deals. Like I remember my manager was like, I called him like, hey, I'm in a house. I need some paperwork. He's like, what? You're in a house? Like, I'm not even in a house yet. I'm like, I don't know. I just, I'm in here. <laughs> so I, I kind of <laughs> had that part of it. At least not, I wasn't perfect. I'm not the best salesman in the world, but that came more natural. But I'm very, very uh, vulnerable. My mindset was very vulnerable. So if things were going well, I was doing well. But if I get kicked in the face, I get rejected, whatever, I was just kind of weak mentally. And I just didn't know how to combat that. Mm. And so that was my biggest problem was is I would allow the outside, the external to affect my internal. And yeah. when my internal was affected, I felt defeated. Then I would go sit on the curb. Like I was like not mm-hmm. the ideal rep. I was like sitting on the curb, not putting forth the effort. And so um, it took so, so I feel like this is huge. Yeah. Because everyone starts here. Yeah. That does door to door. All right. Like I served a two-year LDS mission. I did summer sales for one year. Actually did well my first year. I just wanted to get into real estate. Because I didn't want to go out every summer. Yeah, I just didn't want to go travel every summer. Yeah, that was just me. But I liked the sales aspect, and I felt the same way as you. I felt like this is way I'm good at selling, and I know I can make more money selling than doing anything else. Right. Than college or whatever. Right. But talking about like, hey, you were here at this place where your your teeth are kicked in, and then you felt like you were you rode rode the highs really well, Mm -hmm. and you were able to sell really well when you felt good. But then when you got your teeth kicked in, you sucked. Yeah. People feel that way all the time. That's human. That's normal, right? Yeah. How, what, what tools and skills? Like, I, I'm already cheating and saying, like, you know, I'm seeing you now with the cold plunges and the hard thing and the marathon that you just ran for fun on that one Sunday. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's craziness. Like, yeah. that's going to help you mentally for sure. But for for a, a listener, let's say, that's out doing summer sales right now or, or, or knocks all year round or somebody thinking about doing it next year or whatever, what do you tell your team? What do you tell those people on your team? This is what I've learned. This is how you that you get stronger mentally, yeah, and, and you combat that. I think the first thing is is like you can't allow yourself to get too high. Um, you know, it, it, I read this book. 
and it's uh, Chop Wood, Carry Water. It's the easiest book to read in the world, but it's a really good book, and it talks about that you're emotionally between a 1 and a 10, right? 10 is like you're super high, you're excited, you're, you know, go, 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 and a 1 is like you are wanting to disengage, you're wanting to retreat, you're upset, you're depressed, you're anxious, you know, that's the state. And so if you meet a lot of people that are getting new to sales, mm -hmm. they're doing a lot of things to pump themselves up. Listen yeah. to motivational videos, listen to strong rap music or rock music. Oh yeah, let's go crush it. And what, you know, if you get yourself up to a 10, you're, you're, what goes up must come down. So you can go yeah. down to a one. And so I learned that it's actually better to always be calm. And so I always tell my sales reps and myself, you need to stay between a four and a six. So if you sell a deal, stop, who cares? Stop congratulating yourself. Like yeah. you just like, that's your job. Mm. If you were if you were working at Maverick and you check someone out at the you know as a cashier, you're not going to be like, dude, I'm so awesome. It's like, no, you. That's expected of that employee. Yeah, you're expected to sell, so don't get so excited when you sell a deal because what if that deal cancels? Then you're especially down to three. Yeah, because then you, wait. hey, I made five grand. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Then it cancels. So I tell everybody yeah. the first thing is is you can't allow yourself to get too excited. Um, which that protects you from the low lows. So no high highs, no low lows. Try to stay even kill. Um, that's just super important. The next thing is is, is never take anything personal. Like mm. so many people are rude to you. You're going to get deals that cancel. You're going to get people that yell at you. You're going to get people that tell you no. You're going to get told no way more times than you get told yes. Like if you have a 5% success rate, you're good. Yeah. And so don't take anything personal ever. Like if they, whatever's going on, it's nothing to do with you. And so you just need to be grounded in who you are. If not, then you're going to be, you know, a leaf in the wind. Yeah. How people treat you, your emotions will go the way that people treat you. Which, Instead, it's being centered. It, it does take reps, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. you can say, we can sit here and say they do that all the time, but unless they actually get out there and do that or somebody gets out there and does it. Yeah. Like, you're never going to get, you're never going to, like, talk about it and be like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to take that personal. Like you, you almost kind of have to get your teeth kicked in over and over and over to get yeah. numb to it. Don't you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I think no matter what, at least for me, maybe some people are better than I am. I'm sure there's people that are better than I am, but <laughs> for me, I still, I still affects me. Yeah. So it's like, that's why I say between a four and a six, like you still go up and down a little bit, but you just don't allow yourself to go below too far. Yeah. And you know, so that's really what I, I try to focus on is that, but you know, another thing that that's very important to me is is setting up routines that make it so I feel like I'm in a state that I can be centered. And so mm -hmm. I wake up, I'm very proactive, I'm big on winning the morning and morning routines. And so it's just there's four pieces, you know, there's four areas of life, body, being, balance, and business. So there's body, which is your physical being, which is spirituality, balance, which is relationships and, and uh, business, which is your finances. And so every morning before I hit, you know, go out and start having meetings and whatever. I try to have a morning routine where it's, I'm investing into myself. So I'm mm. investing in my body. I'm working out, investing into my relationship. So I'm texting my wife, a, a text message of appreciation, or I'm doing something around the house to serve her. Um, investing into my spirituality for me. It's, I do a lot of breath work, meditation, yep. visualization, and then business. I'm reading 10 pages of a, 10 pages of a self-development book. And I'm also writing down my goals every day. And then as I'm writing down my goals, I'll write down 10 things of who I am at my, if I'm operating as my best. And so I'll write down things like, you know, I'm, I'm a powerful man. I'm a level five leader. I'm the best salesman in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm strong. I'm happy. I'm charismatic. I'm focused. I'm whatever. But I'll just write down 10 things of saying, hey, who am I as a person? I'm charitable. I'm a giver. 
I'm present, whatever it is. But so that also helps me when I'm out in the field yeah. knocking doors. If I have a strong, work, yeah, if I have a strong morning routine, it helps. Yeah, for sure. So that's I, I was just things. on a call with Brad Lee, and there was like 20 of us on a call, and. One of the piece of advice that he gave us um, going along with what you're saying is stack wins every single day. And when you're stacking, like those are stacking, that, to me that's stacking wins. Yeah. When you're doing the breath work and the meditation and, and you're doing all the physical stuff and just the mental like affirmations and all that, those are wins when you do that. When you say, when, when you do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, that's yeah. stacking wins. But he even went as far as to say like when you are, when you wake up in the morning and you brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. That's a win. Like celebrate is a win. Yeah, you don't have to get pumped on it, but like, chalk it up as a win. Momentum. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've heard it say different. It said different ways. Is like if you set these huge goals, like this big big goal, it could take you five years to get to, or two years, just out on the horizon. You, you kind of beat yourself up a little bit because you're not stacking wins. But if you instead just say like, like manageable small goals that you know you can hit as dumb as you're walking down the street selling door to door and you see cracks on the sidewalk and you say, I'm going to hit, I'm going to step on 10 cracks in a row. Yeah. And you do it. You get a small hit of dopamine. Like Mm -hmm. you, you like I did it. And like, even though it's so small, so stupid, like I want people to hear this because you've gotten really, really good at stuff that is hard for people to stack. But it started small. I know it has. Like, in everybody's Atomic Habits. Like, I'm sure you've read yeah. that book. And it's like, you, you start small, and now you've become this incredible person where somebody would look at River and be like, holy crap, how do I ever how do I ever do that? How do I go run a marathon on a Sunday just for fun? Or how do I go and do that and stay consistent every single day? How do I grow a team of over 100 reps and all this stuff? It started small. Like, oh, yeah. you got your teeth kicked in, but you just kept going. And so I just want to plug that in there as you're saying it. Like, for, for everybody listening to this, don't you agree? Like, just start stacking wins. Start somewhere and start to stack it. Give yourself some grace mm-hmm. and then just stay consistent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I mean, this the reason why the doors affected me so much is because growing up, I felt so insecure. And mm-hmm. I, you're insecure, I'm insecure. Maybe you're not. No, I, we're human. I am, for sure. 99% of people sure. I've met yeah. are insecure. But I should say for me, like deep insecurities, right? Like constantly wanting to be validated by other people doing things that were all meant for getting people's approval. And, um, and where like, I didn't have a good relationship with myself. Right. Like, and so that's really where that's where, like when people were being rude to me on the doors, Mm -hmm. it would affect me. And one of the things that I learned was by doing 75 hard, um, years and years ago when it was like first started becoming a thing, I did that. And that's where I first found like true self-confidence. I was like, yeah, Man, if I, if I it literally all I was doing was just doing the things I said I was going to do, yeah. which are the activities in 75 hard. I started doing that and then I just became way more disciplined in every, any other, every other area of my life. Yeah. So it was like, it was literally me just saying, learning to say no to things I don't want to do yes. or that I can't do. And then doing the things, even when I was doing 75 hard in the winter and my workouts weren't that intense, at least the outdoor one it was just a walk. But it was like, it'd be snowing. It'd be 11 o'clock at night. And it was like, oh, this is the last thing I want to do. But I said, I'm going to do it. And that's where I really learned, like, to have self-confidence was just saying, just getting into the habit of following through on the things I say I'm going to do. And so for me, I try to have my word. Like, if I tell you I'm going to be here at 530, yeah. 
I want to be here at 5.30. I don't want to be here late. I want to be here on time. Because why? Not for you. It's mainly for me to keep, you know. And so when I say, hey, tomorrow I'm going to swim two miles, I don't care how hard it is and how, like, when that thief in my mind comes and says, hey, don't swim, or, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. Hey, you should quit. You've already run 15 miles. Who cares? Like, that's still good enough. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter if I do 26.2 or 15. What matters is I said I'm going to do 26.2, and if I say I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And then when I get done with it, it's not about the physical benefits. It's about me following through on my commitment and say, hey, and I'm not perfect. But, like, to me, that is what 75 Hard taught me was, like, if I say I'm going to do something – I'm going to freaking do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters the most to me. And and I try to be vocal about it. I try to say, that's why I posted on Instagram, hey, I'm going to run a marathon at the beginning. Because yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. like, gosh, oh, now it's not just me knowing. And if you now every day I was like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I have to freaking do it. Yeah. So I, I try to tell my wife and, you know, just other people in my life, like, hey, I'm going to, you know, for me, I'm going to pay off my house. In two years, I'm going to pay off my home. I'm going to do it. And it's a, it's a big number. It's like, okay, I, I need to make this happen. And so it's like, why am I telling people and beyond myself is because then I'm like, okay, I put this out there. Now I'm putting out in front of, you know, however many people listen to this. Now I have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's out there. You know, I don't want to be known as a, a liar or a fraud. You know, I want to be known as someone who follows through. And so that's, what's really helped me get the self-confidence in myself is like, it's not about working out. It's not about making money. It's about, Hey, if I'm going to go knock from two to eight, I said I'm going to do it. And so it doesn't matter if I sell 10 or if I sell one or if I sell zero. The win is me finishing the till 8 p.m. The win is I said I'm going to work out, and so I'm going to do the workout. That's the win. The win's not the, you know, physical benefit. That is that is a win, but the main win is I'm building confidence with me, and I'm yeah. beginning to like the guy in the mirror as opposed to hating the guy in the mirror. Um, there's there's a few guys we're working with on our in our solar team. Yeah. And... Spending time with them, I'm, I'm realizing they're doing stuff that's like out of um, insecurity, um, just being around them. And I'm like, hey, you need to fix your relationship with yourself. So many problems, like I believe we self-sabotage so much because of our lack of self-love. Like we, we do things to purposely hurt ourselves and, and make our lives worse because we have a lack of self-love. And so that's been a big mm, thing on totally my mind lately that. is like, how do I love myself? How do I make people around me and on my team? How do I get them to be in a deeper place of self-love? And I'm not talking about hippy-dippy, like, oh, you need to go, like, rub crystals on your back of your forehead and yeah. stuff like that. And I don't know, how can you rub crystals on the back of your forehead? <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though? It's, like, truly just like, no, I, I like me. And that's cool, you know. Um, I think that's cool. That's There's so on. many good things in what you just said, one of the first things when you're com- keeping those commitments and you're getting as granular as you're saying, like, I'm going to knock from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it out there. Like I'm going to run the marathon. Now I have to yep. like, I'm going to, I'm going to swim two miles. Cause I said, whatever it is, you have a wife and a kid. We've talked about that, right? When your spouse sees that you're doing that and then it comes down to, Hey, we have this big opportunity in this business. Yep. Or we have this big opportunity to invest in this piece of real estate. Any opportunity that arises where you're like, babe, just trust me. Like, we can do this. This will be good for our family to be able to help us hit that two-year goal to pay off our house or whatever. It's so much easier for your spouse at that point to say, send it. Yeah. 
right? Because you've built up that bank account with them where they feel like, I know my husband is bad A and will always be able to deliver because he does the things he sees that he says he's going to do when he says he's going to do it. Yep. And so then they start to feel that and believe that you'll actually perform. And I think that's one of the most valuable things. One other thing that I want to unpack when you talked about like, Hey, I say I'm going to be here at five 30. I'm going to be here at five 30. Right. Mm. And it's not for me. It's for you, you yourself personally. I, I want to push that too on the flip side of, I see way too many people not commit to things or back and bail out mm-hmm. last second. Yeah. And I think it's a problem in the world that we, that we live in that goes right in hand with this mm-hmm. when it's keeping commitments, mm-hmm. me and my wife, if we say that we're going to go to something and we're going to do something, she sometimes will come to me and I say this out of love and be like, I'm not feeling good. I'm tired. The yeah. kids, I, you know, and I get it. But my push, and she she backed me up on this, is always we said we're going to do it and we have to. And that, are my relationship with the other person on the other side and the fact that we told them that we were going to be there mm-hmm. is more important. Even if we leave in 20 minutes or 30 minutes, it does not matter. We, we have to pack up the kids. We have to get there. We have to make it an appearance and, and then we can leave. But we have to go. Because your, your reputation is everything as an entrepreneur, especially like if you're going to recruit a hundred plus people, mm-hmm. you don't do that and then have people stay. If you don't keep your word, if you don't yeah. honor your word. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the fastest way to lose. I mean, if you're building a sales team, it's the fastest way to lose people that work for you. Like that you can, like it's better to tell people the truth and say, this is what's happening. Yeah. Instead of trying to fluff it and cover it up and then not being able to fall through, through on, what you said you're going to. It's like trust is everything, yeah. you know? So I agree. Yep. I agree. And kudos to you. I mean, I, I love that so many times. I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect by any means. So many times I'm like, and you can't be for the I, record. I'm yeah. tired. Yeah. Let's, let's call. Hey, not a good night. Catch you next time. Whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. I can be better at that too. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I think that's super important. And that's where other people really start to value you because they know Eric is, Eric is going to follow through. He says he's going to be here. He'll be here. Yeah. You know? Or if you commit money to something, like you say, I'm going to go and do that event with you. I'm going to run that marathon with you. I'm going to do whatever. Like if you committed money, something money to something, you say, yeah, I'm in, let's do it. Be careful what you commit to because yeah. you are telling yourself and another person that. Yeah. And I think way too many people do it because they're excited and they want the dopamine hit and they want the other people to like them. And then they forget, Oh, it's going to come due someday. And they're actually going to ask me to do it. And then you don't pay the money or you don't do the thing. They will, they will lose respect for you very, very quickly. And I, I now have learned in the last several years, like I, anytime somebody asks me to some, I take it like it very serious. Like mm-hmm. I will sit and think about it. Like, can I really commit to this? And if I can't, then I say no, which leads me to my other point. You mentioned like saying no to things. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is just on the spot. Like I, it's something I've been thinking about a lot. I don't know if you've thought, maybe we can jam on this. Maybe, maybe we move past it, but how important to you is saying no and clearing up your plate in your industry, in your world, uh, or I guess in your life to be able to hit your goals? I think it's, I think it's super important. Like, I think, I think it's really easy to start chasing random things because there's so many opportunities out there. And so, you know, that, that's really, really important to me is like, like there's an idea that I have right now about starting a business 
And I'm like, oh, that, I think I would do really good at that. I think I could be really successful with that. And it's, it's something that's like could be really good. But in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to sacrifice what I have going great in my life for what I could do that's that could be good because I'm so busy right now with with work. And, and I have time, but it's like my bandwidth is kind of like, all right, I, I don't want to take on another thing. And so I'm telling myself, no, it's not somebody asking me, will you do this? But like a, a friend of yours actually invited me to – go do that um, Everest thing, like yeah. climb Everest or whatever. And I really, really wanted to go. Yeah, I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. I actually wanted to go this year, but we had a, a trip planned. And I had to say no because it's my son's birthday. Yeah. You know, So I could have easily sacrificed my son and a special day for him for something that I really want to do. I'm like, this would be so awesome. There's all these high-level people I want to go and network with. And, you know, I'm not going to say unfortunately, but it just – it wasn't the right time. And yeah. I was like, no, I, 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 I'm going to be with my, my son on his birthday. I'm Solid. not going to sacrifice that. Um, and so I think it's just knowing, knowing the priority and having a wife that would literally kick my ass. Yeah. <laughs> if I were to say yes to that, just yeah. joking. But so I think, I think it's super important because um, there's always things that come up. And I think the, the thing that I've seen most, especially with people that are, that I, I've done this, but people that are working their way up is when you're just like, not making a lot of money and you're, it's almost like all the kids are hanging around smoking weed, playing video games, watching TV. It's really easy to get caught up into that vortex and you have to learn how to say to no to those things really, really fast and get out of that environment because there's always going to be when you're just don't have much going on. This is my perception. We don't have much going on. You have a lot of people that don't have things going on as well in, in their lives. And so you're constantly getting invited to like always hang out. There's always a party. There's always, you know, a kickback at somebody's house that you can go and do or go and hang out at. I don't feel like you probably don't get invited to go watch TV at people's houses anymore. Right. Like (laughs) the people in your life aren't doing that, but Mm -hmm. I, I, kids I can think of that were gaming or online gaming. Yeah. It's not me. Yeah. And maybe you felt that way when you're younger. I sure did. There's always like things to do. And it's like, that could be a vortex. It's like, you have to just say, I'm sure it sounds super fun to go hang out and go to a party. I'm sure it sounds super fun to go do, to go do whatever, right? Man, you need to say no to those kinds of people. Yeah. You need to go get around people and say yes to people that are like, that are busy, that are doing mm-hmm. stuff that's difficult. That's like, you know, so I don't and feel like that's getting, the standard. Yeah. And it's like the standard is your, your that is the standard. Yeah. I, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think that that, that is another point that as you, as you, as you hit on that is so important to bring out that, I was just thinking about this this last week, this last weekend, is um, I, there was somebody that was around that, I, you know, I'm sharing my my meal plan. Like, I haven't had sugar in, like, almost seven weeks now. Yeah, and good I'm, for you. I've lost 14 pounds. And nice. I, I do it weird. I, like, cut during the wintertime when I should be cutting during the summertime and, like, taking my shirt off. But um, so I've been pushing that hard. And it, it is hard. Like, food is incredibly hard. Cravings and, like, wanting to have sugar. And I have a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. Like that person looked like almost scowled at me. Like, why are you taking this so extreme? Like, why are you so extreme in everything that you do? And I'm, I, I felt it. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, in, in my, in my mind, I'm like, my friends don't see anything that I do as extreme. Right. I don't feel like around my group, my squad, my people. I feel like I do anything extreme. In fact, I feel like I need to do more. Right. I feel like I'm the lowest person on the. Uh, yeah, I feel inspired. Yeah. I'm the low guy on the totem pole. And to that person, it was actually almost a, a win. Yeah. 
Like when that person scowled, it was like, I'm doing something right. I'm doing something yeah. right. Because to that person, I don't aspire to be like that person. And that person looked at me as like, why are you so extreme? And I'm like, that's my freaking standard. Right. And that felt good. Oh yeah. That this is my standard and they don't like my standard. Yeah. That means I've leveled up. Like right. you should love that shiz. Oh yeah. All day long. So Anyway, I just had to bring that out because it was a perfect time to just kind of plug that in. You want to be around people that push you to live a higher standard where it's just normal. Oh, yeah. How do you feel like you find people that are, you know, beyond where you are and connecting with them and networking with them? Yeah, that's a question we probably both get asked a lot. So, I mean, we could, we could probably jam on that for a second. I mean, I, we've both been in this entrepreneurial world for years, right? You, probably, I mean, if we count missions... You know, it's like 10 years. And if, if not, it's like seven, eight years or something like that. And it's a process, but it's, I think it's just a constant grind. It's, I think there's sacrifice that comes into it. For mm -hmm. me, I found that if I'm genuine and want to see higher level people win and get to spend any time around them, I'm looking for what can I get? What gift can I give them to like, Hey, make them like look over here for a second. Mm-hmm. And it's not a selfish, like, hey, look over here because I'm trying to, like, weasel myself in. It comes from a genuine space of I want to see them win and how can I help you? And I realize that I can't add that much value to you probably, but I'm trying and I want to and I'm hungry. You can't fake hungry. I say that all the time. Right. And people want to be around people that are hungry. Like, even if somebody is successful, we successful people still go through times where they need to be feel inspired or they need to, like feels like somebody's pushing them or they may not be just dialed in with their fitness or whatever. If you're trying and you're pushing as hard as you can, I think people can sense it. Yeah. That you're hungry. And so just that effort and that constant effort, I think is a, is a great place to start. Yeah. Just by giving. Yeah. Giving and still trying to live the best that you can, knowing that, yeah, you don't measure up and being humble with that. Not, faking and trying to be something that you're not either being vulnerable and open and saying the things like, man, that's just amazing what you're doing. I wish I could be there one day. I think I can like, but man, just your story is so incredible. And yeah. I love, I love seeing good people like you win. Yeah. You know, phrases like that, they're not BS. I'm just saying like, if you really feel that way, tell them. Yeah. Be willing to be vulnerable. Be Yeah. Be vulnerable. Yeah. That, I love that. That's, I think a great place to start what, what do you think i mean i'm curious to hear your opinion yeah i don't know i, I well I, the reason why i ask i'm asking for me <laughs> i i just moved to st george i don't know anybody yeah, did, down right? here how long has it been almost a year hasn't it uh since march yeah so what is it six months or so six seven months yeah. and so i'm down here moved down here know a few people but i'm like i want to meet people down here that are doing something more than i am not more than i am but people i want to have a Hungry. community around here that inspires me and yeah. so you know, that's, that's something that I'm working on is like getting around people like that and, and being around rubbing shoulders with people that make me think different, you know? Yeah. And so, but I mean, in general, the thing that I've noticed for myself is like, I'll, I'll put it for me. There's people that like come to me and they're like, Hey, I want to be around you. I want to hang out with you. And they always say, Hey, will you mentor me? Will you mentor me? I'm like, yeah. I don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> like, Okay, yeah. I, what do you want to do? Like, what does that mean to mentor somebody? My mentors, I don't have a weekly call with my mentors. I don't have, you know, stuff like that. My mentors are people that I'm around a lot, and I'm not asking them questions per se. I'm like, hey, I'm grilling them, like 20 questions. I find that to be somewhat a way to repulse somebody. They're like, dude, this is too much. Yeah. 
the way I've found to be mentored is befriending someone who's a little bit ahead of me mm-hmm. and then just being around them and watching the way that they operate. It's not, you know, sitting down and t- taking notes from somebody. It's how do I become their friend, just spend time with them. It could be, hey, you know, you and I, I could learn a lot from you. Hey, let's go for a run. As yeah. we're running, I'm just talking to you. Like, oh, this is how this guy thinks. Okay, that's interesting. And you can observe and learn from a lot from people by just talking to them and about casual things, but the way that their paradigm is and their perception of life is you can learn from it that way. And so maybe that's the wrong way to do it. But in my mind, it's, Hey, how do you become someone's friend? How do you add some, add value to somebody and don't try to like overextend the welcome by like constantly like, Hey, what about this? What about this? It's a tough balance. Yeah. It can kind of become the like, I don't have time. Are you you a a fanboy or like, are we friends here? (laughs) That's, so that's a good point, and it is a fine line. Yeah. I would definitely say it is a fine line. You don't want to come off as a fanboy because they don't want they're going to treat you like that. You know, just kind of brush it off and hey, thanks, high five, see you later. I I'll, I'll tell this story, and I think hopefully some people listening will be able to find value in this story. And I say it, and in the most humble place that I can, and um. But I think it needs to be said and that I shouldn't be scared to share it in the in the sense I that somebody's gonna think I'm prideful or tooting mm-hmm. my horn. I don't I don't really care if somebody thinks that about me. Because I feel comfortable enough that I'm not. Um Justin Prince is a guy that I've looked up to yeah. for, for years. Um couple of years. I found him on social media. In fact, God, it's even been a couple of years. It's not that long. Year and a half, maybe. I don't know. And I saw him on social media. I'm like, this dude's legit. Yeah. Like he literally, he's living in all aspects of his life. Like I would want to live. He's making a lot of money. He's influencing a lot of people. He has time with his family. He's like, he's, he's good spiritually. Like he just a top level dude, Mm -hmm. top level dude. So I messaged him on Instagram and I tried to drop some names and like, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends. I know this guy, this guy, this guy that knows you. And I just, I feel, I, I love your stuff. I'd love to go to lunch with you. Now lunch to me is hard to ask for, mm-hmm. for somebody like that. Like that lunch could literally be worth 10 grand right. to that person that he's losing somewhere else. Right. Like I can't make that up in, in a paying for his $20 lunch. Right. But I followed up with him. He was in Europe when I asked him. He was busy another time. I think I followed up with him three or four times. But it was always, I always was just like hungry about it and like, hey, no problem if you can't. Like, I would love to though. And I, I'm serious. Like, I would love to just ask you a few questions. And he finally took me up. We went to Cafe Sabor here in St. George, Utah. And uh, I came with my remarkable, a notepad, like the pen in hand ready to take notes, anxious to learn. We dove right into it. There wasn't a lot of small talk. We just got like, into boom, asking to questions. When he said stuff, I wrote it down. It was genuine, a hundred percent genuine. Like I was there to learn from this guy Yeah, and he felt it back. I really feel like, yeah. And he mentioned somewhere in the, in the conversations, like, dude, that's pretty cool. Like, what is that thing? And I was like, Oh, is it remarkable? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what does it do? And I told him some of the features of the room, this remarkable, and if you get the nicest pen in the in the pad, it's like six hundred bucks, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. And six hundred bucks to this guy is nothing, but to get somebody a six hundred dollar gift that you just met is quite a bit of money mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Um. Anyway, we got done with that conversation. I felt like it was good, and I felt like you know, if I ever saw him from there, as it stood when we left, if I ever saw him again, I could wave and say hi, and he could probably remember me. 
but I wanted something different. Like I wanted to be unforgettable right. to that person because I felt like he's so valuable. Right. And he's rare. I went to my truck right after that and I ordered him a remarkable and it nice. hurt a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Like he was like, is this worth, is this guy worth 600 bucks? bucks? Like just boom. I, I just sent it. Came in three days. I text him, hey, got a little gift for you. Is it cool if I get your address, which his house is amazing. And like, he's going to give me his personal address. This guy he met from Instagram. He gives me his address. I go by his house. I give him the remarkable. And he's just like kind of blown away. Like, what the freak? Like, you remembered? Like, he, he mentioned somewhere in the lunch, like, oh, that's really cool. Like, those are pretty sweet, man. I might have to get one of those. Yeah. Well, he obviously didn't right after that lunch. So I got him one before he could. And that $600 worth nothing to him. But the fact that I picked up on that, came over to his house, Got him the nicest stylus, the remarkable. That's unforgettable. Like that relationship helped me become friends with Dan Markham, who is one of the top YouTubers in the world. That has like 10, at least in the Western United States for sure, 10 million followers on YouTube. The real business owners, Kale and Trevor, become good friends of mine. Closer with Brody Fawcett, um, just because that's kind of his inner circle too. And so many other entrepreneurs. And then it scales from there because they see you around all these other people. And they're like, hey, you know so-and-so. Just that one move of helping somebody and buying them a $600. Now, yeah. that was not my intention of like, I'm going to earn this or I'm going to win by paying 600 bucks. That's not my point. That's not what you should be hearing right now. It was from a genuine space of, I like this guy. I want him to know that I like him, that I care about him, that I want to see him win, and that I'm thinking about him. And here's this gift. It's so cool. And and so much has happened since I can trace back to that one decision by a $600 notepad. What I'm learning from you, because like this is something that's on my mind almost every day. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I know that if I want to level up in my life, I need to be around higher level people. And I think about it like the past few months. I'm like, okay, well, how do I do this? I'm like, I've been, I've been trying to do little things. What I'm learning though is to be more bold. That's what I'm mm -hmm. learning. You know, because how many times did you get rejected? Hey, no, I'm in Europe. Know this, know this, no. Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, follow up, follow up, be bold. Dude, I'm here to freaking learn. I want to learn from you. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, boom. And then it's, it's kind of a little bit vulnerable, like, oh, crap, is this guy kind of make fun of me for buying this remarkable form? Maybe you felt that way. That's how I'd feel. I'd be like, ah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he going to say yes? Is he going to give me the address? Am I, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it went through my it's, mind. Like, is like, he really going to give me his address for sure? And it's like, you got to be bold and be like, hey, and you brought it to his house, you said, right? So it's like, mm. boom, here you go. And it's like, that's freaking cool. I should be bold. I should be bolder. That's what I'm learning. Be more bold. Like, hey, I want to be around higher level people. You know, one that I want to say because I'm human. I missed out on the other day. I was with, I was at the fitness culture, and Steve Cook walked in, and I started talking to Steve Cook, and I thought to myself, invite him to be on your podcast. And we started talking, and there was a mutual friend that I thought he would remember, and he couldn't really remember. And then the conversation was kind of like, well, who is it? And like you had to look him up, and and then I was like, ah, maybe I lost the credibility, and I had that negative soundtrack that kind of took me spiraling down so one i'm not perfect mm -hmm. and then i didn't ask him to be on the podcast and i thought and i thought he kind of walked away and i was like oh i'll go i'll go hit him up he's just going over on this side of the 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 gym no he went up the stairs to his office where i couldn't talk to him anymore mm -hmm. sometimes my point is sometimes we miss those opportunities yeah and sometimes that can be a valuable lesson too yeah is to oh and we learn it in sales all the time mm -hmm. we learn it as missionaries all the time Sometimes those opportunities, you think that they will come back. They don't. Right. They may come back with another person. Mm -hmm. But with that individual, that person, it might not. Yeah. It might not. Right. I don't know. And I'm saying this now, and I hope that I get Steve Cook on my podcast soon because 
It's out there. It'll happen. I, I think he's. I, I bet in the next cool two years he's, he's on. He's on here. Yeah, I think in the next two months he's going to be on here. Two months. See, so yeah, I, like I think that. I'm going to see him again. And I'm going to just. I'm just going to go ask him. But I want to throw that plug in there too. I'm not perfect, but I agree with what you're saying as a general rule. Well, taking me out of it. Yeah, I think we got to be bold. I think we have to be because it, it goes back to that: be hungry, yeah, be sincere, be authentic, and then just go and not be scared. I think people, I appreciate that if mm. I feel like somebody's like that. Yeah, if I feel like they're fake in any way, shape, or form, or just trying to like sell me on something or whatever, it drives the, yeah, uh, it just drives me crazy. Yeah, well, I think I think it's like going back to what you were saying about that person that was telling you, hey. Why are you taking this sugar thing so serious? This is like annoying yeah. to that person. Yeah. It's like just conform to what's normal. The normal person just eats sugar. What's the big deal? It's just a freaking Reese's peanut yeah. butter cup. Yeah, it is. It's not a big deal for the average duck. Yes. No average duck though. And what does the average duck do? The average duck isn't bold. The average duck, mm-hmm. oh, that's someone I would love to talk to. I'm scared. Yeah. Oh, that's the hot girl I want to ask on a date. I'm nervous. I'm just going to. I'm just going to, you know, oh, I'm going to make it some excuse of why I didn't talk to her, why I didn't ask the person to come on my podcast. And so I, it's like, yeah, if you if you don't want to be something better, then, yeah, don't be bold. Yeah. But if you want to be something that's, you know, beyond where you currently are, you're going to have to learn how to step into uncomfortable situations yes. and be okay. Because it's uncomfortable to ask Steve Cook to be on a podcast. Yep. It's uncomfortable to say, here's the remarkable. It's uncomfortable to say, hey, I want, I want to grab lunch with you. But then you realize that they're human too. Yeah. And I've realized that. And I, yeah. I totally agree with everything that you're saying. Yeah. And to go along with it, I remember feeling that way when I started asking people to come on the podcast. And I want to be able to have some really awesome guests on this podcast, high-level people that have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, whatever. But the, not not necessarily about that. More about, like, the value that they bring and, and, and uh, to be able to get the most value to my listeners. I had this thought. Months ago, I'm gonna message Tim Tebow because I think Tim Tebow would be sweet. Yeah, that would podcast. be awesome. Like that's a pretty that's I mean that's a pretty like big stretch to just you know starting out and having Tim Tebow on your podcast. I never got a response back, mm-hmm. but I was like, yeah, I, I took the shot. Yeah, and then I was like, I took shots at, at other people, and I got some like Brooke Entz, 1.5 million followers. Like she's she's a big deal in the and like it wasn't the easiest to get her on, but she. She came on, and now I feel like we're decent friends. Yeah. And um, had some other, you know, Chris Crone and and have um, Dan Martell coming on. I reached out to Iron Cowboy through Instagram, mm-hmm. and he messaged back. Yeah. Yeah, let's Still. do it. Like, I've had um, Fleischman. Uh, you know, I, I, I messaged him, and I have some mutual friends with Fleischman, and he's like, yeah, I'll come on your podcast in person. Like, people that know... Lil Wayne and freaking like every pop star artist, celebrity, Donald Trump, Grant Cardone, like all these people, they, they, like they're friends with all of them. And so it's a, it's a different playing field, but like people don't even take that shot. They just think to themselves, I'm not going to ask him because yeah, why would they ever come on my podcast? Just take your shot. Yeah. Just shoot the shot. What's it going to hurt? Like yeah. if they don't, they, they're just not going to respond and like, they're going to go about their day and they're never, if you met them a year later, they're not going to remember that it was you and you could still have a, a relationship with them. Right. I, I believe, and I'm going to kind of, take the same subject, but kind of go to a different direction. I believe there's no coincidence in life. I think everything is happening for a reason. And I think timing is everything with a lot of things. And sometimes we don't see the bigger plan. Mm -hmm. So it's like, maybe the timing wasn't right for Steve Cook. Maybe that wasn't a missed opportunity. And I'll give you this example. So I wanted to move to St. George 
So we moved to Farmington, Utah, which is up north in Utah. And I was like, as soon as I bought my house, bought this beautiful home, I'm like, I hate it here. <laughs> I want to move to St. George. Um, why? I don't know. I've never moved down here. I just said, this is where I, I want to be. And um, my wife was eight, nine months pregnant. And I'm sitting here trying to get her to drive to St. George every weekend. Like, let's go look at houses. Let's just be down She's there. She's really pop, uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> I'm poor wife. I'm so stubborn. And I'm just like, no, let's go. And so we come down here, and we're looking at houses all the time. And as we're looking at houses, I'm like, I want this house. I want this house. I didn't really care. I was like, whatever house. Like, it doesn't matter what house is. I want to be down here. And um, we found this house. It's actually near here. A beautiful home. Beautiful backyard. Pool. Beautiful house. And then there's another house up on um, south of here, which is a little bit more expensive. I didn't like the home as much, but it had a view. Mm. And it was a beautiful home. And my wife was like, I want to buy the house up on the hill. I want to buy the house up on the hill. And I was like, no, I want to buy this other house because it's a cooler backyard. It would be funner to have parties there or whatever. And so there's a lot of friction. And as we were looking to go buy it, this is kind of embarrassing, but I don't, I don't really care. It's the truth. I opened up my credit karma. My credit's typically 760, 770, and I see it's 630. I'm like, oh. and have you ever had that experience? My heart dropped to like my testicles. Like yeah. it was, they, they were hanging out together. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sh- what happened? So I'm sort of like looking through and I, I was like, I missed a mortgage payment. And um, anyway, what happened was, is I didn't transfer the money. It was on auto pay. So it was in my savings account. And so I felt so stupid. Get it paid. And like, there's nothing you can do. So now my shot of buying this home goes out the window. Mm. Like, I, I can't buy it because I have shitty credit. This was six months ago, and so I was like, okay, well, there goes that. We happen to go online. We find this house that we can rent. We end up renting the home. We move down here. Everything felt right. So to buy these two houses, everything felt wrong. I wanted this house. I wanted My wife wanted this house. She wanted the house with the, with the view. I wanted this house with a beautiful backyard. So much friction. Whatever it was, God was like, no, 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 don't buy this house. And I'm, and I'm so stubborn. I'm like, I'm going to buy this house. And God, or me being stupid, whatever you believe, it's like, okay, now you have crap credit. You can't buy the house. I'm like, all right, so we go rent. So we go and rent the house, and we fall in love with this house. We're like, we really like this house. We're living in it. We find the area that we're looking at. Uh, or sorry, we're living in an area that we really like. And I get my credit fixed. It's, it's mm-hmm. now in a place where I can buy a, buy a house. My friend Jason knows one of his neighbors is going to sell his house in a few months. He's a builder. He's going to be building a home. And I hope this is all ties together. Yeah. He's building a home. And he's like, hey, I want to, Jason, like, you should hit him up and say, hey, I want to buy your house and go give him a down payment. And so when he moves to buy the house he's, he's building, you can move into it. I'm like, cool. So I call him. He's like, He's like, yeah, come check out my house. I go to check out the home. It has It's a house up on the hill with a view, like literally right by the house my wife wanted with the view. And it's the exact same build, the exact same house as the house that I wanted. So it's the exact, not exact backyard, but it's very similar backyard, the exact same house that I wanted. So I got what I want. My wife now gets the house with the view. So it has the view, the backyard, and it's the house that I wanted. And I put the down payment on it. We're going to move it on in a few months. And so my point is, is like God kind of works in mysterious ways. Yeah. And at the time I was like, dude, why do I have freaking crap credit? That really bugged me. Why is there so much resistance? Like I want this house. What's going on? Why is there so much resistance? But that house fet, met my desires and what I wanted. And it met my wife's. But at the time I was just like, this sucks. But it led me to renting that home. So that I wasn't committed. 
And then my friend just happened to say it wasn't a house that's on was on market. He just happened to know the guy heard the story and knew he was going to move. And it was just like, it was kind of meant to be. And so I guess my point is, is like when you put things out there that like, no, this is what I want. It's like, I want this person on my podcast. I want this person in my podcast. I want this in my life. We don't always know the timing. And I yeah. feel like so, so much in my life I've, because I want things so bad, I'm pretty bullheaded that I try to force a square peg to a round hole. Yeah. And a lot of times in, in my life, I'm learning that it's not always, you don't need what you want right now. Cause there's some things that are better, like something better for you is down the road. Yeah. And you just need to keep on putting out the right energy, doing the right inputs output. and the things will work Input, out. Output, yeah. And so I don't know, it's just, it's a small story, but it's a story that was pretty cool it's to great. me. It's like, I, this I is totally working out with that. I, I love that story. And the, here's what I'll add to it is I think that the energy, yes, that you put in will come out like all the stuff and the work that you put in before it will lead you to feel like you deserve something good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Things happen like your bad credit. And then you're like, crap, I, I can't have it now or whatever, but, but not giving up on the dream or the idea I think is key. Yeah. And this, like we've got to take this and expand this to not just housing in this specific story, but it's like anything that you want, mm -hmm. anything that you want. Mm -hmm. I believe in the law of the universe that whatever you think about expands. Yeah. And that the universe, like if you show the universe that you really want something, you will get it. Yeah. It starts in your mind. You imagine it, you put it out in the universe and the universe gives it to you. Yeah. You'll find a way. And the timing thing I think is perfect because yeah, it might not be when you want it, but I think it always does come. And usually when, even if somebody said no, like to be on a podcast or mm. you didn't get the house that you thought you wanted, it, it, doesn't mean that you should take that and be like, well, now it's never going to happen. Right. Because the second you do that, you just let go of that dream. You let you do stopping vibing that in the universe. Right. And if you don't stop putting it out there in the universe, it will come. So don't let that derail you from what you want. Right. Because you have to believe in that law that if you keep putting it out, it will come. Yeah. I think. I totally agree. And something that I try to work on every day is don't like in recruiting, when you're trying to recruit, I always believe that don't recruit attract. So mm. if I'm recruiting, it means like, I'm just trying to force people to come work here. Please come work here. Trying to talk to everybody you've ever seen or met. Like you just can work for me. Dude, don't do real estate. Come work for me. Come sell solar. And, um, I don't like that at all. Like I prefer to attract. I want to be somebody who's attractive that people want to come work for me. I want them to work for me. I don't want them to, I don't want to, I don't want them to work for me. I want them to want to work for me. Does that make sense? Yep, yep. And so I'm a magnet as opposed to me trying to make people come here and, and work for me. Yep. And so I believe that in life too. It's like, how do I become the person that the house want, that house wants me. I don't mm -hmm. want the house money. I don't want money. Money wants me. Mm -hmm. How do I flip everything? It's like, who do I need to be? that abundance always is flowing to me. Yes. Instead of trying to, you know, chase and chase and chase, it's like, you know, it's like, how do I become so attractive that these podcast guests are saying yes to me? Yeah. How do I, how, who do I have to be? It's, and so, because that, that's what creates everything. Yep. The way that we think and how we are and the way that we be will create our lives. Absolutely. And so we can always force something, but really it doesn't matter unless it's, because the person that deserves that house, the person that, is worth a million dollars, the million dollars will always come. It's like, for example, if you win the lottery and you get a hundred million dollars, 
you're not a hundred million dollar per- person. And so that money will quickly leave you because you're not that person that deserves that over and over. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's what I try to focus on is who do I need to be? How do I become that person? How do I operate like that person? How do I speak? You know, how do I become more certain? How do I become more um, faithful? How do I become more loyal to the people around me? How do I become a harder worker? How do I become more intentional? How do I become more strategic? How do I, you know, that's what I, I try to think about a lot because from this, from, how I am and how I operate and who I am as a person, the rest will flow. And so it's not as much about, I, about getting the money or about getting the house. It's about me becoming the person that deserves the house because then the house will come. If that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. On that same call, I mentioned earlier with Bradley he was talking about like, Hey, if you read, I'm, I'm going to maybe mess up. He didn't say these exact words, but somewhere along these lines, if you read a hundred books this year, mm-hmm. It, would you become more valuable to the marketplace? If you read and studied a hundred books, well, you'd be more valuable for sure. Why? Because of the knowledge that you have. Who's going to take that away? Nobody. Is that common? No. Is that rare? Yes. What's rare is valuable. What's rare is valuable. So it, you want to be rare. Yeah. How do you become rare? Do things that people aren't willing to do. Well, if you read a hundred books and you have that knowledge and it be, is able to help you or provide value to somebody else, you become rare. You become more valuable. I, um, I, yeah, I think everything, everything that we've talked about is so true, but like that it's just consistency. It's putting yourself in, 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 in positions where you can go and be around higher level thinkers where your standard is high, where you put out in the universe that you are a winner and that you will win period. And you never let go of that. And when you have bad days, you just find a way to work through them because you're human Yep. Just like if you're on the doors and you're having a bad day, whatever. And uh, I think I, th- I think that's just life. Like you just do the best that you can, and and if you lose it all tomorrow, um, I'm going to quote my uh, Nick Alfano, who is a great friend of mine, and he says it all the time. It's not what you need to do; it's who do you need to become. Yeah. To make the million dollars, right? Yeah. Who do you need to become? And once you can become that person, you could lose the million dollars in a fire tomorrow but you'll make it back because you are that person and you deserve it. And the last thing I'll say, there are idiots that have millions of dollars, yeah. but they tend to lose it. And if they don't tend to lose it, they're miserable because they don't have any friends. Yeah, it's true. So focusing on becoming for me is the safest way to ensure a happier, healthier life Yeah, with money and friends Yeah, and influence. So, Anyway, I, I feel like there's some good gems here that we've talked about. I feel like if somebody's listening to this, especially whether you're an, an active entrepreneur that's been, that needs a kick in the butt and uh, looking for a little bit of motivation and push, I think there's things for people there. I definitely believe, like, if I'm listening to this at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I'm eating this episode up. Yeah. Because these are the things that we've learned over the last almost 10 years, we'll say that have worked for us and will can, have can helped us get to where we're at in our lives and be able to continue to push upward. And we know they work. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. I don't totally know if totally I have agree. anything else to add to that. I think this has been a great podcast. <laughs> so anyway, dude, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me, dude. I love doing this stuff. We should, uh, once, one thing, once things calm down with the baby and it's not so, crazy in the mornings with me helping out during the middle of the night or whatever. We need to get a cold plunge in and do all that. Let's do it. I love doing it. And get on that. So guys, if you feel like this episode was valuable to you and you feel like this was something that uh, gave you some 
thoughts, inspiration, motivation, whatever you want to call it. One, go do it. Just go take action and make it happen. Two, go share it with your family, friends, and people, whether you think that they'll take it or eat it up or not. Like, I really truly feel like that some of the things that we said today, you could take one thing and it could change your life. Absolutely. And it, it's because, and we didn't make it up. It's not origin. It didn't originate from us. These are principles and things that we've learned over years of applying it from other people. And we just want to pass it on to other people as value. Yeah. So go share this episode if it was valuable to you. Uh, go leave a review on the podcast, but only if it's five stars. If it's not five stars, just move along. And uh, thanks for listening this far, watching this far, whatever you're viewing or, or listening to this on. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks.